are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show, coming right up with Gavin Walker.
We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have a whole raft of uh, jazz music to play for you this evening. And uh, we're going to go in all kinds of different directions. But, of course, as usual, we are going to start with our jazz feature And, of course, this is a brand-new month, and we have a whole bunch of new features, uh, including our show on the 17th. Please do not miss this one. And I'll just give you a little uh, pre-programming information. Uh, The show on the 17th will be all about the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. And, as usual, the redoubtable founding father of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, John Orsick, will be my guest. He will be picking the music. I'm going to sit back and uh, let John do um, a lot of the talking, and uh, I'll respond as much as uh, I possibly can, add a few bonbons, I hope, and um, we'll review a lot of the people who are coming to this year's Jazz Festival. So that's June 17th. As for tonight, our jazz feature is a marvelous album that really has no leader. There's nobody heading up this redoubtable, (laughs) that's a frequently used word by yours truly, ensemble. All of this was recorded September 7th, 1956, and issued on Prestige Records. And the album was called Tenor Conclave. You can imagine this happening. Well, you know, there has been been some all-star dates today. But this is definitely an all-star date, and four of major voices of the tenor saxophones are featured on this album. And it's not a tenor battle where everyone is trying to outdo each other and outplay each other, but is it, it's more of, a, of an intelligent musical discussion between four musicians with very different approaches to the same instrument. And of course, as we all know, the tenor saxophone is arguably one of the most important and popular instruments in jazz music. And, of course, the four saxophone players will be um, supported by a superb rhythm section, and uh, hence tenor conclave. The people involved here are John Coltrane, Hank Mobley, Zoot Sims, and Al Cohn. Now, Cohn and Sims were more established when this date was done. Um, They had been around since the mid-40s, really, as soloists and members of several important orchestras like Woody Herman's band, Stan Kenton's band, and they were also recording under their own names. Hank Mobley and John Coltrane were just beginning to make their formidable presence known on the jazz scene. Mobley had been with Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers, and then he joined uh, pianist Horace Silver's brand-new band. 
So Mobley was a young man on, on the way up. Coltrane, of course, was with Miles Davis's first great quintet, and his star was definitely rising. So the interesting thing about these saxophone players is that they're all very identifiable. Coltrane, um, I think most of all with his uh, unique sound and approach, stands out. Uh, on this on this date, Hank Hank Mobley, uh, who was influenced by um, Sonny Rollins and and Charlie Parker, um, sounds like closer to Charlie Parker when Bird occasionally played the tenor saxophone, which was not very often, but when he did, um, he displayed a much kind of softer, smoother sound, and Hank Mobley kind of reflects this. Um, then, of course, the, the two um, other players, Al Cohn and Zoot Sims. Al Cohn, both of these guys were basically influenced by an older um, tenor saxophone player. One of the greats was Lester Young. And they both came from Lester Young and developed their own styles. Al Cohn had a great big, fat, walloping sound. Zoot Sims' sound was um, kind of uh, much leaner and yet similar in a way. And uh, Zoot was uh, far more influenced, too, uh, in his concept uh, by Charlie Parker. So he reflected that as well. But you can tell them apart. And, of course, uh, they all had their own individual approach, and they all went on to um, greatness, of course. And I think um, the original album notes on here, Ira Gittler uh, is, was my favorite jazz critic, and he described um, Al Cohn and Zoot Sims. He said, they, they sound like brothers. <laughs> and um, Hank Mobley and John Coltrane sound like cousins. And that's the way he described the differences in their playing, which, which was, of course, was colorful and funny like Ira Gittler uh, definitely was. But it does describe their um, musical differences. Now, the rhythm section, quite wonderful. Red Garland, of course, who was um, playing at the time with Miles Davis, is on piano. Paul Chambers, who was Miles' bass player, um, of course, is playing bass and the great Arthur Taylor on drums. And, of course, uh, he was featured last week, and I mentioned before that Arthur Taylor was one of the most widely recorded drummers in the 50s and early 60s before he left for Europe for quite a while. A great drummer and very, very supportive of this band. Now they needed some, somebody to sort of coordinate everything. And Hank Mobley, who was very adept at writing arrangements almost on the spot, was nominated by everybody to uh, put together uh, a couple of tunes for the date. As a matter of fact, he arranged all four tunes, as there were only four fairly lengthy numbers uh, on this album, and Hank Mobley did the arrangements. He wrote two compositions and arranged all four tracks, and of course that was uh, another part of his uh, great talent. 
So the opening piece of music we're going to hear is a Hank Mobley composition called Tenor Conclave, and that's how the album um, was named. That's the name of the, that's the title track. The second tune we're going to hear is um, Old Standard. Thelonious Monk used to play this tune all the time, and it's a great old standard and and, um, provides a, a really good workout for everybody in the band, and it's called Just You, Just Me. Then tune number three is the ballad of the set. And the person that really stands out for me on this one is tenor saxophonist Al Cohn. He takes the first solo on, on this and plays the melody. And it's a beautiful um, piece that Irving Berlin wrote called How Deep is the Ocean. And, of course, all the other saxophone players acquit themselves well on this. But I think Al Cohn, for me, steals the show on the ballad. That's tune number three. And the final tune was uh, is another Hank Mobley original entitled Bob's Boys. And the Bob is the owner of Prestige Records, Bob Weinstock. So <laughs> that was dedicated to, uh, to him. And, uh, of course, uh, all these guys felt like they were Bob's boys. Yeah. So that's how that title came about. And that's the final tune on the album. So, once again, Hank Mobley, John Coltrane, Al Cohn, and Zoot Sims, all on tenor saxophones. Red Garland at the piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And we begin with Tenor Conclave. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank you. 
And that's our jazz feature this evening. Actually, a leaderless band, but made up of four giant saxophone players, tenor saxophone players specifically. And I'm talking about Hank Mobley, Al Cohn, Zoot Sims, and John Coltrane, all backed up by Red Garland on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and... Arthur Taylor on drums. And the album, which was issued on Prestige Records, is called Tenor Conclave. And that's exactly what it was. And it was um, not so much an an egotistical battle between uh, saxophone players trying to outdo one another, all this kind of stuff. It was more of, um, of... a respectful conversation among four great players that all respected one another and um, an ego-free session. Music was the priority, and I hope you uh, enjoyed the uh, outings of all the saxophone players. Now, John Coltrane was probably the most distinctive. Um, He kind of jumped out of the grooves, and Hank Mobley... Um, who had, a, I suppose, a, a more modest, less aggressive style, was in marvelous form on this album. And, of course, uh, Zoot Sims and Al Cohn, and both of those guys had been around actually a lot longer than Mobley and Coltrane. Sims and Cohn had been around since the 1940s, and, of course, they had lots of big band experience, in uh, Woody Herman's band, Stan Kenton's band, and had also recorded together and uh, had become established stars. 
by the time this album was recorded in September of 1956. And, of course, Hank Mobley and John Coltrane were on their way to uh, jazz stardom. And, of course, Coltrane became (laughs) Coltrane. Um, Hank Mobley um, had been playing with Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers, and then he uh, joined Horace Silver's uh, great quintet. And John Coltrane, of course, rose to prominence with Miles Davis's first great quintet. So there were only four tunes on this album, all lengthy, and, of course, all displaying the different qualities of these saxophone players. And uh, the, the interesting notes by Ira Gittler, um, who, as I mentioned before, was my favorite jazz critic, the late Ira Gittler, um, wrote the original album notes, and uh, they're, 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 they're quite uh, extensive, and they really go into uh, all the little details about this album. But as I mentioned before, the easiest way to identify the saxophone players, um, think of John Coltrane and Hank Mobley as cousins, and Al Cohn and Zoot Sims as brothers. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, they all had their uh, different uh, influences, but they were all very definitely um, individual players. Now, the first, Hank Mobley was very talented as a composer and arranger, and he put together a couple of originals um, for this date and also arranged all the four tunes and set everything up and who was going to solo first and all this kind of stuff. So in the order of appearance, we kicked off with the Hank Mobley original, uh, which became the title track of the album, and it's called Tenor Conclave. And incidentally, it was Hank Mobley that took the first solo on that piece of music. And um, he was followed by Coltrane and then followed by Zoot Sims and Al Cohn in that order and uh, the next tune we heard was uh, a great standard tune uh, that uh, most jazz musicians played. And uh, Thelonious Monk used to play this tune a lot. And it's an old standard called Just You, Just Me. And so they took off on that. Um, and again, um, all, they all soloed on that particular piece. Then we moved to the ballad of the set, which was the longest track, um, the whole album, and that was the great Irving Berlin standard called How Deep is the Ocean. And the first chorus and the melody was taken by Al Cohn, who just played absolutely beautifully on that, introducing the tune. And he was followed by Red Garland on piano. Zoot Sims followed uh, Garland, and then Paul Chambers played a bowed solo, and John Coltrane played his solo, and Hank Mobley wrapped the whole tune up. And we heard an extensive version of How Deep is the Ocean. The final tune was a Hank Mobley original, named after uh, Bob Weinstock, who owned Prestige Records at the time. And, he re- and of course, um, it's all about uh, his favorite musicians. And so... Hank called the tune Bob's Boys, and uh, we heard everyone solo on that particular piece. So, as I said, only four tunes. The most interesting album, 
tenor conclave. Hank Mobley, Al Cohn, John Coltrane, and Zoot Sims. And, of course, that wonderful rhythm section. Red Garland on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And that was our jazz feature this evening. Certainly hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we have to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. Or, of course, for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we shall return momentarily with some more music after these messages. Hey, don't tell your friends. Dumb are putting out a new album called Club Nights on Mint Records. Get your copy at their record release party at Redgate on Sunday, June 16th. Ask the band if you can go next to karaoke. The annual Sled Island Music and Arts Festival returns to Calgary from June 19th to 23rd, 2019. Discover over 250 bands, comedy, film, and art in more than 30 venues across the city. This year's festival features guest curator Julian Baker, acclaimed indie pop artist Japanese Breakfast, the incomparable hip-hop stylings of Rhapsody, experimental noise rapper JPEG Mafia, subversive hip-hop artist Leaf, raspy indie folk favorites Hop Along, anthemic grunge rockers Bully, and over 180 more artists still to be announced. To see the current lineup and to get your festival pass, visit sledisland.com. The world is a better place because of Kim Kardashian's empire, Cheetos, fleece material, and Discorder. It's a local, independent music magazine from CITR. Which means that we can print whatever we heckin' want. Album and live show reviews, interviews with artists, and sweet illustrations grace our pages. And even you, listener, can contribute. Just visit citr.ca backslash discorder backslash contribute. You can grab it around town or read it at discorder.ca. Forever local and forever free. of you that uh, tune into this show regularly know that we're going to talk about the weather for a few seconds. Tonight, just a few clouds and down to a low of 11. Tomorrow will be mainly sunny, which is nice, with a low of 11 and a high of 20. And then clouding over on Wednesday with a 60% chance of a shower, with a low of 13 and a high of 17. And Thursday will be a mix of sun and cloud and some intermittent showers all day. A 70% chance of showers on Thursday with a low of 11 and a high of 13, cooling down quite a bit. Friday will be cloudy with 
60% chance of rain or showers with a low of 10 and a high of 15. Then Saturday, uh, a mix of sun and cloud with a much less chance of a shower with only a 30% chance of that with a low of 11 and a high of of 19, warming up a bit. And Sunday, a simple mix of sun and cloud with a low of 11 and a high of 20. So anyway, that's the weather for the week. So a little bit of a change, but uh, oh well. A change is as good as a rest. This is um, a group led by the formidable bassist who is now retired, Gary Peacock. And Gary, of course, um, was with uh, Keith Jarrett's um, trio for so many years. Actually, Jarrett never called it the Keith Jarrett trio. It was simply Keith Jarrett, Gary Peacock, and Jack DeJanette. And um, I guess if there was any name to Jarrett's uh, piano trio, it would be the Standards Trio, but they played much more than that, of course. Anyway, Peacock um, is now retired, but that doesn't mean that he didn't leave a great legacy of music. And this is one of his own albums. We're going to listen to um, Gary Peacock and company here play three of his compositions. And Mark Copeland is the pianist, and Joey Barron is the drummer, and Gary Peacock, of course, on bass. And this is an album from an album on ECM called Now This. Change of pace from what we've been listening to, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, the three tunes we're going to listen to, it, all written by Gary Peacock, Gaia and Shadows and Vignette. These three tunes by Mr. Peacock. We begin with Gaia. Thank you. 
the music of bassist Gary Peacock. Mark Copeland on piano, Joey Barron on drums, and of course, Gary Peacock on bass. And uh, three tunes from an album that was issued on ECM Records called Now This. We heard Gaia, Shadows, and Vignette, all compositions by Gary Peacock. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, interlude of some quiet, contemplative uh, jazz music, beautifully played by everybody. We're going to turn now to uh, an interesting album that Sonny Rollins did back in the late 50s with a brass section. The arrangements were by Ernie Wilkins, and Sonny, of course, um, is surrounded by some uh, some great brass players, trumpet players, including Nat Adderley, Reynold Jones, Ernie Royal, and Clark Terry, and some trombones, Billy Byers, Jimmy Cleveland, and Frank Rehack, and Don Butterfield on tuba. Dick Katz is on piano, and the great Belgian guitarist René Thomas is here as well. Henry Grimes on bass, and Roy Haynes on drums. So that's the complete personnel. We're going to hear the um, tune written by Sonny Rollins, dedicated to the street that he lived on at the time, he and uh, his wife Lucille. And Sonny Rollins lived on Grand Street, and that's the name of the t- this tune. And um, tune number two is a composition by Ernie Wilkins called Far Out East. So here then, the great Sonny Rollins on tenor saxophone with the big brass. Let's try that again. I miscued the uh, (laughs) the tune. So, once I cue it up, then we'll hear it right now.
We heard two tunes from this uh, album called Sonny Rollins and the Big Brass. And, of course, Mr. Rollins surrounded by a brass section with uh, Dick Katz on piano, René Thomas on guitar, Henry Grimes on bass, and Roy Haynes on drums. The first tune we heard was a Sonny Rollins composition arranged by Ernie Wilkins called Grand Street. And we heard solos, of course, by Mr. Rollins himself, Nat Adderley on cornet, and René Thomas on guitar. And the second tune was written by Ernie Wilkins and arranged by him called Far Out East. And uh, the soloists on that, of course, were Mr. Rollins and Monsieur Thomas on guitar, the great Belgian guitarist. All of this was recorded in New York City in July of 1958 and was issued on an album called Sonny Rollins and the Big Brass. We're going to stick with um, big band sound. Actually, that was a little band, but we have a big band here led by the one and the only, Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich, against all odds in the 60s, put together a big band. And he was told by everybody, it's ridiculous. Rock music is taking over. Um, jazz clubs are closing. And you're going to form a big jazz band? you got to be out of your mind. And Buddy Rich says, well, I'm going to do it. And, of course, everybody said, well, you're going to lose tons of money. Um, it's not going to make it. The big band days are over. Basically, it's not going to happen. And, of course, Buddy Rich said, no, no, no. Of course it's going to happen. No problem. And he did. And he formed a big band. And it became amazingly popular. And Buddy was booked all over the country. And, uh, of course, um, the band over the years um, changed personnel and so on. But it was all um, Buddy Rich was the, was the driver of the big band. And, of course, uh, it, it basically was still happening um, until Buddy uh, took ill and had to and eventually passed away. But this was just something that he was totally advised against, and it worked. And they made a whole series of albums for different labels. But the band originally recorded for the Pacific Jazz label and really made a lot of money for that label. And these records uh, and albums sold um, absolutely um, for a jazz album. This was a big seller. And, of course, uh, Buddy Rich kept up with the times. He um, stocked the band with great musicians and great arrangers and, of course, um, his own inimitable personality <laughs> on drums. So we're going to hear a piece of music which was a specialty of the band. It was written by Bill Reddy, a wonderful composer-arranger, and it's called The Channel One Suite. And, of course, the, um, there are all kinds of great people in this band. I'll, I'll run down the personnel quickly. On alto saxophone, flute, and clarinet, the one and only Art Pepper. The other alto saxophonist was Charles Owens. On tenor saxophone, Don Menza. On the other tenor saxophone, a gentleman who 
eventually uh, moved to Toronto, Pat LaBarbera. And on baritone saxophone, a man, he should, he should have been a policeman with his name. Uh, his name is John Laws. <laughs> he played baritone saxophone and bass clarinet. On trumpets, the great Al Pacino, one of the greatest uh, lead trumpet players, Bill Prince, uh, Ken Falk. On trumpets, on guitar, Walt Namath. On piano, Joe, uh, um, sorry, Peter Graves on guitar, Walt Namath on piano, uh, Joe Azzarello on bass, and Buddy Rich, of course, on drums. So this is a piece of music, as I mentioned before, by Bill Reddy. It's called Channel One Suite, and it features solos by the great Don Menza on tenor saxophone and Bill Prince on trumpet. And the second tune we're going to hear is the theme from the movie Alfie, which features the one and only Art Pepper on alto saxophone. He takes the solo on that piece. And, of course, that piece was written by Hal David and Burt Bacharach and was the theme from the movie with Michael Caine. And the arranger on Alfie is Don Pystrup. Anyway, here are two tunes by the great Buddy Rich Orchestra, beginning with Channel One Suite.
The great Buddy Rich Band recorded at uh, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas back in July of 1968. And we heard the amazing Bill Reddy composition uh, to uh, open that set entitled The Channel One Suite. And, of course, the soloists on there, uh, the amazing Red Baron on tenor saxophone, Don Menza. And on trumpet, Bill Prince was the soloist. And, of course, Buddy Rich on drums. And then the second tune was um, arranged by Don Pystrup. And, of course, that was the theme from the movie Alfie. And the soloist on that was the great, late alto saxophonist, Art Pepper. That's from an album recorded at Caesar's Palace um, called Mercy, Mercy, and it came out on uh, Pacific Jazz Records. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, Buddy Rich did something that everybody advised him against. Don't do it. Rock music has taken over. Big bands are dead. It'll, you'll never make it. You're going to lose all your money. And, of course, Buddy Rich went ahead and did it. And, of course, the band became incredibly popular. And um, even with um, uh, rock fans, they played at all kinds of rock venues as well as jazz venues and uh, big clubs like Caesar's Palace and all this sort of stuff. And, of course, was an, a success due to the determination and talent of the people in the band and, of course, Buddy Rich himself. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, um, on your trusty computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and, of course, this is The Jazz Show. I'd just like to mention two great websites. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's a very important website to check out. Um, the whole jazz festival is listed on there, and you can purchase tickets and do all kinds of stuff on that particular website. Um, and, of course, it includes the schedule at uh, Frankie's Jazz Club, which, of course, is sponsored by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society and programmed by Corey Weeds. And there's always um, amazing music at Frankie's. And uh, you can... Go on to the Coastal Jazz website, find out who's playing there, who you want to hear. You can book tables, uh, make reservations, all that sort of stuff. Pay for them uh, all on that particular website. So that's an important one, and that's coastaljazz.ca. As simple as that, coastaljazz.ca. And the other very interesting website is VancouverJazz.com, put together by my good friend Brian Nation, and he keeps it up to date. There's all kinds of interesting links and bios of uh, musicians and all sorts of things on that one. Um, that's VancouverJazz.com. So CoastalJazz.ca, VancouverJazz.com. And I always like to mention Pat's Pub, which is... Uh, they have other jazz events um, that are uh, that you have to pay for uh, on other nights, and of course you can uh, check out their schedule. Um, however, every Saturday afternoon, some of our finest resident musicians play at Pat's Pub, 
And they start at uh, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon and carry on until 7. And the beauty of the Saturday afternoon session is that you don't have to have too much money because there's no cover. And you can uh, nurse a cup of coffee or a beer or whatever you like and hear some of the finest music on the planet right there at Pat's Pub. And, of course, um, Pat's Pub is located in the historic Patricia Hotel in the downtown east side of Vancouver. Every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 7. Always packed out. So it's best to get down there a little early and uh, get yourself a good, comfortable seat. We're going to continue with some music right after... um, a couple of messages, and we'll be right back with someone new, and she's Canadian. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily, at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take-home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. You are, of course, listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. A new name to me, and I'm sure to you out there, is a lady named Audrey Ochoa or Okoa. Her name is spelt O-C-H-O-A. So I'm always confused. I'll have to talk to her uh, when she comes to Vancouver because she will be appearing at this year's jazz festival. So check her out. Um, She'll be performing because she's absolutely amazing. She plays the trombone and is an incredible musician. She's had tons of classical training and... Then after that, she was introduced to jazz music, and she took to jazz music like a fish takes to water. Um, She's a powerful voice on the trombone and extremely musical, and she is um, a protege, really. Uh, She's been encouraged and and, uh, took lessons from our own 
great musician Hugh Fraser, who, of course, is a virtuoso um, musician and a trombonist as well. And um, Audrey has played with all kinds of uh, uh, prominent musicians, um, P.J. Perry, all sorts of uh, uh, performed with musicians, and um, some of our finest musicians. And, of course, uh, she is incredible herself. But this album is called Afterthought, and it's with the trio, trombone, acoustic bass, and drums. And my old friend Mike Lint from Edmonton is on bass, and another uh, friend, Sandro Dominelli, is on drums. And that's her trio. And uh, she will be performing at this year's Vancouver International Jazz Festival. Her name is Audrey Ochoa, and um, O-C-H-O-A. Check her out. We're going to hear some music by her. This is um, a composition by Audrey, and it's entitled Low Interest Rate. And then we're going to hear another piece of music called The Ant and the Grasshopper. So here is Trombone Virtuosity by Audrey Ochoa.
two pieces of music written by Audrey Ochoa and played by her on the trombone um, with Mike Lent on bass and Sandro Dominelli on drums. And, of course, all these uh, musicians are based in Edmonton. And Audrey and her trio will be coming to Vancouver to play at the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. Audrey Ochoa. And uh, this album is available on Chronograph Records. And um, there you go. It's called Afterthought. And we heard two pieces of, of music composed by Audrey. The first one was entitled Low Interest Rate. And the second piece of music was called The Ant and the Grasshopper. And there's plenty more on this uh, wonderful album called Afterthought. Audrey Ochoa and her trio. We're going to turn now to a local hero by the name of Brad Turner. And, of course, uh, an amazing composer, trumpeter, um, also plays the flugelhorn. Brad plays great piano, plays drums, everything else. But, of course, uh, his main instrument is the, are the two uh, brass instruments, the trumpet and flugelhorn. And, of course, um, he always likes to surround himself with some of the best musicians. And these are some of the very best musicians, not only in Vancouver or in Canada, but on the planet. With Brad is the incredible Seamus Blake on tenor saxophone. Although he was born in England, he was raised right here in Vancouver and, of course, is now one of the most sought-after musicians in New York City. Plays with the Mingus Big Band, all kinds of projects, and um, it's always great when Seamus comes out to Vancouver because uh, he's such an incredible musician and one hell of a nice guy as well. Seamus on tenor saxophone, Bruno Hubert, the great Bruno on piano, Andre Lachance on bass, and Dylan Vanderskyf on drums. We're going to hear two tunes from this latest album by Brad Turner, which has just been issued on the Cellar Live label. The album is called Jump Up, and we're going to hear the two tunes from this album. The first one is called Poco. And the second tune is the title track, Jump Up. So it involves all the people that I mentioned here. And we'll get to the music right now. Thank you. 
We heard two tracks from an album by the wonderful Brad Turner. The album called Jump Up. And Brad, of course, on trumpet, he composed both of those pieces and featured uh, Seamus Blake on tenor saxophone, Bruno Hubert on piano, André Lachance on acoustic bass, and Dylan Vanderskyf on drums. And it's uh, brand new. It's just out on the Cellar Live label. And it's a wonderful album. We heard two amazing pieces of music from it. Um, there's more. And all the compositions, nine of them on this album, are all composed by Brad Turner. And, of course, played by this fabulous band with, uh, as I said, Brad Turner on trumpet, Seamus Blake on tenor saxophone, Bruno Hubert on piano, Andre Lachance on bass, and Dylan Vanderskyf on drums. Jump up. We're going to turn now to an album that I grew up listening to. And one of the things about this album was um, this gentleman who is the leader on here was really um, a great inspiration uh, to me as um, way back when as a beginner on the alto saxophone because I was looking, I was listening to, of course, Charlie Parker. I was listening to Paul Desmond, um, so many others. But it was Jackie McLean from his early period that really represented what the alto saxophone meant to me personally. And uh, we're going to hear Jackie from his very first album that he did for Prestige Records. It wasn't his um, very first album under his own name. He had one uh, recorded a few months earlier for an independent label. But uh, then he signed with Prestige Records and recorded many albums for them. Most of his early career was documented on Prestige, and this, this was his first for the Prestige label called Lights Out. And we're going to hear, um, basically, Jackie put together an all-star band with uh, his close friend Donald Byrd on trumpet, and, of course, the legendary Elmo Hope on piano, Doug Watkins on bass, and, of course, the great New York drummer that we was on our jazz feature last week, Arthur Taylor on drums. And this is a composition. It's actually a themeless piece, but um, Elmo Hope um, is credited because he uh, wrote out the chord progressions for this tune. And, of course, the band simply improvises on those chord progressions, but it has no, um, no theme. It just uh, comes in and comes out, and it's called Kerplunk. So here it is, Jackie McLean. Thank you. 
That was a piece of music from Jackie McLean's album, Lights Out, which was uh, issued on Prestige. And again, it's an album I grew up with, and uh, music on it is quite wonderful, including the piece we just heard um, called Kerplunk, and credited to pianist Elmo Hope, who, of course, is on this date along with Doug Watkins on bass, Arthur Taylor on drums, Donald Byrd on trumpet, and Jackie McLean on alto saxophone. Kerplunk. Yeah, basically it was a tune that uh, had no uh, specific melodic line, but Elmo Hope um, supplied the, uh, the chord progressions, the pattern that the musicians improvised over. So that's it, and uh, that was his composition. Recorded in January of 1956. Mm-hmm. Good music, Jackie McLean. Here is, or actually here are, two pieces by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Recorded back before... Well, Brubeck even conceived of Take Five or any of those um, hits that he later on had. Uh, This was during the days when Brubeck was basically on the rise to um, legendary status. As a matter of fact, it wasn't, it was um, recorded the very year that he was awarded the Time magazine cover. And uh, Dave Brubeck, of course, became an institution. So this is uh, an early version of his quartet done in concert with, of course, Paul Desmond on alto saxophone, uh, Bob Bates on bass, and Joe Dodge on drums. And we're going to hear, first of all, Brubeck's um, concept of Duke Ellington's or Billy Strayhorn's Take the A Train. And then we're going to hear one that essentially features Paul Desmond, one of his finest recorded solos. And the piece of music is entitled, it's a standard tune. Uh, Actually, with uh, it's quite a challenge for uh, musicians to play um, because of the chord structure and so on of the tune. The tune is called The Song Is You. So here then, in concert, the Dave Brubeck Quartet with Paul Desmond on alto saxophone. Bye. 
Thank you. 
Dave Brubeck and the quartet recorded in 1954 before an enthusiastic college audience, and that's where Brubeck um, really established his um, musical credibility. Um, Brubeck's wife, Brubeck was getting sick of the whole nightclub scene uh, that his band had been performing in, ex- with the exception of a few, of a few clubs. Um, and and he was thinking, well, where else could this band uh, and this music be performed? And his wife said, colleges. Have you ever thought about that? You're a college graduate. Have you ever thought of a ready-made audience? And, and he said, no, but that's a good idea. And that's what he did. He, he sent out um, audition tapes and that sort of thing to uh, all the various colleges throughout the country and of course uh, he was booked and found a, a whole new ready-made audience of uh, young college folks that uh, fell in love with his music and etc uh, etc et and of course uh, that's the audience that he was performing for on these recordings and this is from a very famous album that uh, one of his uh, First for Columbia Records called Simply Jazz Goes to College. And, of course, it, it was a big step from um, recording for a small independent label, which he had done before, and moving to Columbia Records, which was the epitome of um, record labels at the time. And Jazz Goes to College became a huge seller for uh, uh, Columbia Records and a huge seller for Dave Brubeck and really put him on the map. Anyway, two pieces from this uh, album, Jazz Goes to College. We heard the Brubeck Quartet with the great Paul Desmond on alto saxophone and Bob Bates on bass and Joe Dodge on drums. First tune, of course, uh, featured Brubeck uh, primarily, and that was his version of Take the A-Train, written by... Billy Strayhorn for the Duke Ellington Orchestra. And the second tune was a standard tune that featured Paul Desmond uh, almost all the way through. And, of course, one of his very best recorded solos. And the tune is called The Song Is You. The Brubeck Quartet. Mm Mm-hmm. Legends. We're bringing the show to a close with a classic composition by the one and only Oliver Nelson. And this is his big band recorded in Hollywood. This is later on in Oliver's career. And uh, he had this um, great big band uh, comprised of musicians based in Los Angeles. And uh, he called it the Oliver Nelson All-Stars. And this is one of his most famous compositions. And we're going to hear it right now. Oliver Nelson and his big band, Stolen Moments.
The big band of Oliver Nelson recorded in 1975. And, of course, uh, Oliver was based in Los Angeles. And uh, all these musicians that performed in the big band were all residents of Los Angeles, including the great Shelly Mann on drums, Chuck DeMonico on electric bass, and Bobby Bryant was the trumpet soloist on this piece, and of course Oliver Nelson uh, soloed on alto saxophone. Stolen Moments, one of his most famous compositions, and given sort of an updated treatment on this album, which was uh, issued on uh, Inner City Records and called Stolen Moments. Oliver Nelson. Concluding another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR, I'd like to thank you very much for being out there. If you heard uh, a little bit of the show, great. If you heard all of it, wonderful. And we're here next week. We're here every Monday night with The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and... As I said, we'll return in seven days. And thank you for listening to CITR FM 101.9 or for live streaming, CITR.ca on your trusty computer. And we'll see you all later. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thank you.